Eddie Mayer on LBC. With Motorway, where dealers compete to give you the best price for your car. LBC, it's Friday, it's a quarter to five, it's Simon Marks's American Week. Eddie, it was the three musketeers who voiced the claim all for one and one for all, and Aesop in his ancient fables who argued united we stand, divided we fall. Age-old principles, now a mantra in Washington. A united response to Putin's aggression has been my overriding focus. The NATO alliance is stronger and Russia is weaker because of what Putin has done. At least in my experience uh, of doing this for nearly 30 years, I cannot remember a time where we've seen such unity in the transatlantic relationship. President Biden, Vice President Harris, and Secretary of State Antony Blinken there, all insisting that there is not a chink of daylight between the US and its NATO, British, and European partners as Russia's slaughter of Ukrainian innocents continues. Except this week, that wasn't entirely true. What more can the United States do here? Things started to get sticky when the Secretary of State was interviewed last Sunday by Margaret Brennan of CBS News. If, for instance, the Polish government, a NATO member, wants to send fighter jets, does that get a green light from the U.S. or are you afraid that that will escalate tension? No, that that, that gets a green light. In fact, we're talking uh, with uh, our Polish friends right now about what we might be able to do to backfill uh, their needs if, in fact, they choose to provide these fighter jets to to the Ukrainians. No ifs or buts there from the man in charge of American foreign policy. He was publicly giving the green light to Poland's decision to send its Russian-made MiG fighter jets to the Ukrainians. After President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine said his pilots know how to fly them and certainly need them in their ongoing quest to resist Vladimir Putin's jackboot. Things started to go wrong, though, on Monday when it became clear during the Pentagon's press briefing that the Defence Department wanted the Poles and the Secretary of State to hold their horses. We're, we're very early on in a discussion here uh, about... Um about a possibility. Like Lassie, who was always trying to tell us something, Pentagon spokesman John Kirby appeared to be indicating that, in fact, it wasn't a possibility at all. Uh, it's not even a done deal at this point. Uh, but It's just a, a, a discussion about the possibility of should there be uh, a nation that would want to, to give aircraft to the Ukrainians and, and would ask for a backfill from the United States. Should that happen, what would that look like? How would we do that? And we don't have all the answers right now. Over at the White House, also on Monday, Press Secretary Jen Psaki insisted Poland has the right to send Ukraine their MiG fighters if they want to, but the devil lay in the details. There are a number of challenging practical questions, including how the planes would actually be transferred from Poland to Ukraine, right? So are they going to fly? Where will they depart from? Where will they land? Those are all very important questions here. Uh, and also, as it, as, it, as it relates to the backfill question, uh, we are working through some pretty complicated logistics on that front as well. But she said they were working through them. There was no indication from the White House podium on Monday that the idea was dead in the water. On Tuesday, the Poles said they were ready to go. After all, Ukrainian cities were being bombed back to the Stone Age by the Russians. Civilians were dying on the streets. Time was of the essence. The government in Warsaw said it would fly the MiGs to the US Air Force Base in Ramstein in Germany. The Americans could then send them on to Ukraine and provide Poland with some shiny new American fighters in return. 
State Department officials said the Polish move had surprised them, which was surprising, given that only 48 hours earlier, Antony Blinken green-lighted the idea. The Pentagon on Tuesday night moved to slam the door on the whole project, describing it as untenable. At the White House, Jen Psaki suddenly didn't like anything about the plan either. I think it's pretty clear it doesn't require a military expert to understand why having planes fly, fly from a U.S. airbase into a contested uh, part of the, a country where there is a war is not in our interests and not in NATO interests. So there are logistical and operational challenges to consider and discuss. Uh, it isn't that easy to move military planes uh, around, maybe not as easy as some of you may suspect it is. Um, and those are conversations, again, that are happening between military experts. Now, in the interests of full disclosure, I am not a military expert, but I've also never noticed the Americans having many problems moving planes around when they really want to. Just ask the Koreans, the Vietnamese, the Iraqis or the Afghans. But you do have to want to do it. And the following day, Wednesday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, flanked by Liz Truss, again indicated he thought it might still be a viable idea. Poland's proposal shows that there are some complexities that the issue uh, presents uh, when it comes to providing uh, security assistance. We have to make sure that we're doing it in the right way. You heard from the Department of Defense uh, just yesterday uh, about the particular uh, proposal, the prospect of fighter jets at the disposal of the United States government um, departing from a U.S. NATO base in Germany to fly into airspace contested with Russia uh, over Ukraine raises some serious concerns for the entire NATO alliance. So we have to work through the specifics of these things. So he still wanted the US to be working through the specifics, even while his fellow cabinet member, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, thought the whole plan was too cute by half and might have Vladimir Putin reaching for the nuclear button. Lest the message from the Pentagon had not been received by the Secretary of State, the Defense Department spokesman John Kirby let rip later that afternoon. The transfer of combat aircraft right now could be mistaken uh, by Mr. Putin and the Russians as an escort step. We need to be careful about every decision we make um, a, 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 that, that we aren't m making the potential for escalation worse. It's certainly not going to be good for the Ukrainian people uh, to, to have uh, what is already uh, a destructive and terrible war get even more destructive and terrible, uh, given the fact that, uh, that the Mr. Putin has other uh, capabilities uh, at his disposal. Other capabilities, also known as the N-word. You will have noticed that we've not heard from President Biden on this issue. While his senior lieutenants were forming a circular firing squad, he at least publicly stayed out of it, further disappointing the Ukrainians who can't understand why it's OK for them to receive hundreds of tonnes of Javelin anti-tank missiles and other munitions from the US and its NATO partners, but not fighter jets nor why the West continues to resist the idea of a no-fly zone, given the atrocities that were committed by the Russians this week at that maternity hospital in Mariupol, the Black Sea port that Putin's army is now trying to erase from the map. At the State Department, Antony Blinken intimated that the Ukrainian president was reaching for the skies in his efforts to secure their defence. If I were in President Zelensky's position, I'm sure I would be asking for everything possible um, in his mind to um, help the Ukrainian people. And as the Foreign Secretary and I have laid out, um, both of our countries and so many others have done uh, extraordinary things to make sure 
that the Ukrainians have in their hands the means to effectively defend themselves. Good luck, lads. Let us know how you get on. It fell to Vice President Kamala Harris this week to do something unusual. She made a bit of news. In Warsaw yesterday, asked about the Russian attack on the maternity hospital, she became the first top U.S. official to say the Biden administration supports investigations to see whether the Russians are committing war crimes in Ukraine. Pregnant women going for health care? Being injured by... I don't know, missile, a bomb? In an unprovoked, unjustified war? Where a powerful country is trying to take over? Another country violate its sovereignty, its territorial integrity for the sake of what? Nothing that is justified or provoked? Absolutely there should be an investigation. And we should all be watching. And I have no question the eyes of the world are on this war and what Russia has done in terms of this aggression and these atrocities. I've no doubt. It is a measure of the disunity within the Biden administration this week that reporters weren't certain whether that was a statement of the U.S. government's official position or her personal viewpoint. Yesterday at the State Department, spokesman Ned Price. To every political leader sitting in Moscow, to every Russian commander on the ground in Ukraine, to every Russian service member uh, on the ground right now, our message has been clear. Uh, If you take part, order Uh, or uh, party to such crimes, such war crimes, such abuses, such atrocities, uh, we will do everything we can to hold you accountable with every tool at our disposal. He said there our message has been clear, as though it had been articulated many times before, but it hasn't, and that was a first. And again, we are yet to hear President Biden directing a message personally to Russian troops or their commanders, urging them to lay down their weapons and leave the battlefield. Now, I don't entirely get it. Back in 2002, the The U.S. dropped 33 million leaflets from the skies over Iraq, urging the country's armed forces and the Iraqi people to turn against Saddam Hussein. I found this morning an old book of matches that the U.S. government airdropped over Yugoslavia, detailing war crimes and offering rewards for information leading to the butchers who had carried them out. There's been none of that aimed at Russian troops, many of whom were never even told by Vladimir Putin that they were being sent into battle, and almost certainly, in many cases, don't have the stomach for the fight. But the Biden administration, understandably, is so eager to keep the conflict contained that even basic responses to it are still missing from America's battle for Russian hearts and minds. I I simply do not understand the logic for not getting the MiGs to the Ukrainians immediately. Among those puzzled by the administration's behavior this week, Mitt Romney, the former Republican presidential candidate and current Republican senator from Utah. I believe there's a sentiment that we're fearful about what Putin might do and what he might consider as an escalation. It's time for him to be fearful of what we might do. The only way to get Putin to act in a way that may be able to save lives of Ukrainians is if he fears us more than we fear him. And the truth of the matter is that his military is exposed in Ukraine, bogged down, unfed, without fuel. They're in a very precarious position. He's got to think about what happens if he provokes us. 
because they could be obliterated by the forces of NATO. Just a fast flashback. In a presidential debate against Barack Obama in 2012, Mitt Romney claimed Russia was America's greatest national security threat, eliciting this slapdown from the president he was trying to unseat. The 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back because you know, the Cold War has been over for 20 years. Only 16 months later, the Russians would invade the Crimean Peninsula and seize it from Ukraine, laying the groundwork for the disaster that is unfolding across the country today. Of course, not everyone on the Republican side is as clear-eyed as Senator Romney. The right-wing Outrage of the Week award is won by Congressman Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina, who offered a group of supporters this geopolitical commentary. Remember that Zelensky is a bum. Remember that the Ukrainian government is incredibly corrupt and it is incredibly evil and it has been pushing woke ideologies. The bravest wartime leader since Churchill branded a thug by a serving American congressman who was accused this week of driving with an expired license for the second time. He probably thinks driving licenses are woke. Over on Fox News, top-rated personality Tucker Carlson, who claims he is not a paid Russian agent, was again pushing Kremlin propaganda, this time spurious conspiracy theories that the U.S. is manufacturing chemical weapons in Ukraine. Has there been a relationship between the U.S. Pentagon and a bioweapons facility in Ukraine? And if so, what is that relationship? That's Russian disinformation. What's the answer? We reached out to the State Department separately and they provided us with this very carefully worded statement. Quote, the U.S. Department of Defense does not own or operate biological laboratories in Ukraine. <laughs> Maybe he's just a mad, cackling volunteer. President Biden, within the last hour, has moved to settle one issue. If, as the White House fears, the Russians use chemical weapons in Ukraine, the U.S. will respond. I'm not going to speak about the intelligence, but, you, but uh, Russia would pay a severe price if they use chemical weapons. So easy to say, you wonder why his press secretary prevaricated on the issue yesterday. Red lines are hard to see. Clearly, a Russian attack on NATO is one of them. The use of chemical weapons may be another. There is one line the Russian people won't be able to cross starting Monday, and that's walking into any one of 847 McDonald's restaurants across 11 time zones. They're closing, suspending their operations in Russia, and for me, that is personal. You see, for two and a half years in the early 90s, I lived right above the first McDonald's ever to open in the former Soviet Union, on Pushkin Square, right up the road from the Kremlin. It was a carnival there, especially at weekends when a brass band would serenade people as they joined long queues for a burger and fries. Unfortunately, the band only knew a couple of tunes, and one of them was When the Saints Go Marching In. For two and a half years, I was woken by it every Saturday and Sunday at 8am on the nose. My response to it today is Pavlovian. I can't hear it without smelling French fries. But at the time, but at a time when the Russian people are being lied to by Vladimir Putin, told that their armed forces are the saints and the Ukrainians the sinners, perhaps it will be the withdrawal from Russia, Eddie, of businesses like McDonald's that lead the lies to be exposed and the penny now worth the same as the ruble to drop.
This is LBC. I'm Eddie Mayer.